Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. No, that's not the way we're starting off tonight's show. <laughs> we'll get this stuff started right, shall we, tech crew? You know the deal. Remember my name, right? In life. He just wants to be heard, whether it's the beat of the mic He feels so unlike everybody else alone In spite of the fact that some people still think that they know him But fuck him, he knows the code It's not about the salary, it's all about reality And making some noise, making a story making... Alright, ladies and gentlemen, tonight We'll be joined by USACW's own Luke Cage and, you know what, this is his first interview ever. This is going to be great. You know, been watching a little bit of WWE Raw, and I didn't even realize Fastlane was this Sunday. Is that bad? Is that that bad? All right, so, here's the deal, folks. <clears throat> it's a two-hour extravaganza, you know the deal. When I have a guest, they're on for about half hour, hour, 45 minutes. Well, they enjoy the show, right? <laughs> <clears throat> Had me good dinner tonight, and we're going to have a great time tonight with Luke Cage as a guest. Right here on Wrestle Radio Network, we're getting back into the swing of things. It is WrestleMania season. NXT is going to have two nights for takeover. Oh, and I will discuss... AEW's latest venture revolution and past revolution and dynamite and also be discussing both shows good bad ugly indifferent what have you so need be in the meantime enough pauses because uh, that's going to get old right Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman happened to catch the disaster, you know, that was. I don't know if at Fastlane they're going to have a hardcore match. Let me see here. Oh, yes. If you want to phone into the show tonight, folks, it's 943-3422. Again, that's 943-3422. So, with that being said, let's just uh, put into effect Tonight's show is getting a freaking 
neighborhood barking up a storm, right? <laughs> okay. All right. It's a cold, chilly night in Brooklyn that that dog would shut his face. Thank you. Anyways. Well, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be me reviewing, me interviewing, me interviewing, me reviewing. It's going to be crazy fun. That's what it's going to be. I could wake myself up because in about a few minutes, we will be joined by USACW's favorite child, Luke Cage. Now, I may be jumping the gun here, but if you haven't already done so, you can check out his matches on YouTube. You can check him out on Instagram. I can give you those handles. Oh, wait, let me let me let my guest do that for me. All right. I'm getting messages from y'all already. Oh yeah, that's Russell underscore radio. On Twitter at underscore Brian Rails. And also if at all possible, you can go to the old-fashioned way at WrestleRadioNetwork forward slash Facebook.com. And, uh, <laughs> no, it didn't sound like I'm going all over the place. You guys are just, you guys are just jelly. That's all it is. All right, so tonight, 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 tonight. If at all possible, could you please calm down? I don't think so. I'm excited for tonight's show. So, <clears throat> oh, for seven minutes? That's not bad. Well, I would say that that question is, uh-huh. Now you're still messaging me through Instagram. That's cute. Um, well, no, it is what it is. Yes, I completely agree. So, yep, I'm going to say that is true because... Whenever you have a champion being interviewed is great. Oh no, no, it's cool. We're not having technical difficulties. Let's see. I gotta finagle something real quick, folks. Oh yes, okay. So Fastlane this Sunday streaming live on the WWE Network for WrestleMania. You can stream it live <clears throat> on Peacock. You can download that app for free. All of WWE's millions and hours of programming will be streamed live on Peacock for two nights on April 6th and April 7th, live from Tampa at Raymond James Stadium, where it was supposed to be last year, but it wasn't. But now they're going to have actual people there, about 16,000 people. I don't know if they're going to hold out for a large crowd this year. I really don't. Um, So... An hour and 51. Mm, that's cool. Mm. 
No, I got to ask something, though. Do y'all think that Shane should be back in the ring, out of the ring? Nobody? Yep, I'm I'm asking for a friend, right? (laughs) Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the premiere... Soon to be future. I always say this not as a joke, folks, but future of NXT, future of AEW, maybe, maybe the future of NWA, maybe New Japan. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, but Cage the Rage? No, no, man. USACW's own champion, Luke Cage. What's going on, man? Oh, yeah, Hello? I'm just chilling here. Oh, just chilling here, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Can, you, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, sometimes my phone has got technical difficulties lined up, and it's pain oh, in the man, ass. It's all good. No problem. Not a problem at you all. just love Apple phones. Yep, Apple phones are a pain <laughs> in the ass, but they do help us, you know, function, right? So... <laughs> I got you yeah, know, some do. questions lined up on the board. Yep, they do. All right. Um, I got some questions for you. Um, so when you first started working, like, what was going through your head? Like, oh man, this is wrestling. This is so cool. Or like, were you nervous? Were you excited? You know, hopping in the ring, or were you just like, all right, this is what I was born to do? <clears throat> uh, a little bit of everything, man. It's just. As soon as my music played for the first time, all the nervousness went away. And I felt like I was exactly where I belonged. And my promoter, Burt Press, he he saw it in my eyes, too. Like, I, I absolutely fell in love my first match. And ever since then, I've just, just been doing it, you know? I love it, man. I love this. It's the same thing that, you know, a lot of um, us workers tell you is that if you get involved in professional wrestling, it's not just a hobby. This is something that could turn into a career. No, it's something that is a career because it's something that when you look at all the other greats that come like Billy Graham or Hogan or Savage or Piper, any of them, so, like, I'm not your conventional journalist, man, so the questions are about to get a little bit more entertaining. So, okay. right out the gate, <laughs> right out the gate, I got to ask, like, what was the, what's the strangest thing that a fan has ever requested of you and that made you go, what in the actual hell did I just get asked? You know, and made you go, okay, well, that was different. <laughs> Um, I'd say it's probably happened to a lot of workers, but, um, I'd say the, uh, like the private wrestling kind of things, you know, <laughs> I'd say that's probably the strangest thing I've been, I've been asked to do for money. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff is crazy to me. Like people ask that kind of stuff from, from workers and God only knows what the top guys get asked, you know? Like, have you ever had a fan just make you not cringe, but go, okay, well, that's that's flattering, but I, you know, 
Um, not really, man. I mean, USA fans out here, they're, they're really, really good, man. They're really, really respectful. A lot of them are. And, uh, I'm connected to a good majority of them. And I've never, I've That's never good. had a, a weird, a weird problem out here uh, ever. So. I'm going to say this. Well, it's probably what you, uh, some people I tell like, just wait. Wait till you get out of here. Wait till you get <laughs> yeah, out of here. Yeah, I'm sure some people, some people are listening like, just wait, man, just wait. Because <laughs> I was going to say, dude, you know, it's funny because I had one guy on here. He was uh, he's part of AEW Dark, and he said, you know, the weirdest thing was a guy told me I could come to his apartment and just wrestle in my underwear. And I said, really? No. Okay, well. Yeah. That's and I told him. <laughs> the same thing. The same exact thing. It's the strangest thing. Like, wow. I swear, man, can't just people, people watch wrestling and just like, well, yeah, there's attractive people. And they're like, well, what do you mean there's attractive people? I said, well, you know, nice to look, but it's like the Bella Twins theme. You can look, but you can't touch. Oh, gosh, man. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's worse yeah. for women in the business. Jesus. I could only imagine. Um, yeah, I've had a few female guests on here that have told me, some stories of what they have been through and what guys, you know, will say to them. And I've had some guests on here saying, like, you know, I've had people message me about pictures and all this stuff. And then it went into, we can pay you to wrestle yeah. for our federation. Like, I was like, you know, insanely enough, it's like if they had money, then why are they saying enough? So, you know, like, um, I'm just going to yeah. say, so was like, if, if you're to wrestle for a promotion that's actually going to pay you up front, cool. But if you're going to, like, message, like, any one of us about, hey, I've got this promotion and I've got so-and-so coming, and you message and it's not in complete and full sentences, guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to immediately, Luke's going to immediately probably hit the block button because it's not <laughs> legit. And and two, it's going to be like, why? Why are you even, why are you bugging? Like, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of things yeah. that come to mind in professional wrestling like um you know to the next question like uh <clears throat> so if you had anybody from past present or future to choose to wrestle against and uh, who would it be in which arena which famous arena would you choose from if you had choices of madison square garden tokyo dome local famous mm. like, like local famous arena once the pandemic is over and which event would it be so who where and what event would it be, and why? That is a really, really good question. There's so many good, talented workers out there. Oh, um, wow. okay, I'll give you a list, man. I, I can give you a list, man. See, I told you, I'm an <laughs> unconventional journalist that make you just think, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay, so let me, let's give a choice here. All right, Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels, Okay, let's see here. Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, and I'm not just listing off the top people, folks. Okay, Rey Mysterio <laughs> in his prime. Rey Mysterio still in his prime, but still staying in his prime. I have to say in his prime because dude's 61 years old, Joe. you got to understand on Instagram, I'm getting like a lot of messages. Okay, J- Jay hey. Drake. Hey. Do what? Mm. I said I ain't doubting Sting. Oh. Dude, he can still. Um, he can still go. Yeah. 
if if I had to pick one, I think everybody that knew me would know I would pick Randy Orton for my match. That's that's been he's been like my my idol pretty much. Hey, I looked up to him a lot, a lot. I still do a lot. Um Man, it's just I don't know I don't know what it is about Orton, man. It's just that old school rough rough and tough smash mouth wrestling. Like I love that style. And I think he would pretty much beat the shit out of me. But I would enjoy it, you know what I mean? It would just be one of those moments like, Wow, you're working like fucking Randy Orton like <laughs> it'd be crazy. But I would have to say Randy Orton for sure. That's a good choice, and a lot of people like, well, he's not the same. It's like, well, you know what? I got the, There's a saying, if you work the same and you work for 20-plus years, you must be doing something right because exactly. there's a lot of guys that look at, okay, not to diss on RVD. But RVD is an excellent wrestler. Um, but, you know, yeah. look, there's a lot of wear and tear because ECW, I grew up watching them, and as I say yeah. unconventional, I grew up watching ECW versus the WWF. And they're like, what yeah. do you mean? I said, well, if you want to copy and paste the uh, shit that you saw from WW or Attitude Era, no. It was a copy and paste from what Paul Heyman did back in Philadelphia. And let me tell you something. I I was a versatile wrestling fan because my friends would have me watch WWF. But then... It switched in my head. I was like, wait, this is the same shit I saw in ECW. And they're like, but it's more. I'm, like, it, I'm not denying that Attitude Era was not. I mm-hmm. hate when people say, and this is the next segue to the next question. When people say, what do you think the greatest era in wrestling was? I was like, are you serious right now? To me, every era is different. So you're like categorizing, oh, do you think Attitude Era was the best? Like, no, fuckers. Pardon my French. But like. <clears throat> the attitude era wrestling wise was not the greatest. It had the greatest feuds as far as like he got no, national it, attention. It was, it was it was the days of Waller and Memphis and all them. Those were God, that was insane. I couldn't imagine. I mean you had like a lot of guys coming in out of that territory with Jerry and they're like, Well you we forget Jerry Law is like, dude, okay, picture I wouldn't say he'd be the equivalent of Hogan of the South or Flair, but when you think of Jerry Lawler, you think of matches you mean with Harley Race and with Wyndham yeah. and all of them. But like he if you look at Jerry's stuff and his tapes and stuff like the old school territory wrestling like USWA and all the stuff that Lawler had coming out of Memphis and Nashville and all that. So that mm-hmm. was those were the yeah. days where people come into territories. Yeah. And so like even now even say, now, well, man, Lawler can walk into well Lawler can walk into Omen Arena and tell such a simple story and it'll just erupt the whole place. It's it's so crazy and so cool to watch him still be able to work and stuff. I mean, his feud is most known, though, and the people forget through non-wrestling fans when they saw Man on the Moon or whatever. The feud with Andy Kaufman, yes, that was <laughs> that was gold. But, you know, Lawler thinks, you know, 
what's going to get the people going? And you're always a great promoter and a good wrestler if you think, okay, what's going to get the audience thinking? What's going to get them in the fast track, the fast lane, you know, to cheering for us, booing us? I've never, ever heard anything negative about Lawler except for maybe, you know, allegations from some other people. But it's okay because, right. you know, people always be critics of people. And one of the things that I always ask my guests is like, so have you ever come across a fan that thinks I must know it all because I, you know, I smart, I use, you know, terminologies like heel face. Oh, you know, it was a great thing, but you bots. Like, I hate that. Irritates the ever living shit out of me when, when they'll say, really? Oh, you know, but it does because I was at, okay, I'll give you an example, dude. I was at the SmackDown Live after WrestleMania, right? And so this guy right. sits there and goes, Well, the, you say, with the heels, the heels, and the babies, the babies. And I turned to him and said, Are you a fucking promoter? Do you train? Did you get? Did you step inside the ring, please? That's, like, please understand. That's true. Like, if you start using terminologies about me, it's going to be bringing back war flashbacks because I'm a manager. But I always think, okay, <laughs> it's the wrestler, not about me. And I told him, I said, you want to join wrestling school? Go out east, you know, Monster Factory. That's where Danny Cage right. resides, and he can he can train the ever living crap out of you, but you got to be willing to put in the work, right? He goes, wow, that's a lot right. of advertisement. I said, dude. I was like, shut the hell up. I'm trying to watch a show. I know you're trying to impress a girl, which you probably won't get any tonight. Just saying, how you doing? <laughs> I was like, oh, let me explain something to you. Just because you. Just because you use wrestling terminology around workers, do you think that that's annoying at times when you hear it and you just walk away and you're like, okay, whatever? It, I guess it depends on what's said and when. For for a lot of us, like a lot it, of we have we have a lot of ahead, we call them smart fans. We have a lot of smart fans around our business too. You know, um, I, I don't know. It's just one of them things where you, you just gotta make it work. You know, you can't be out there doing phony hokey shit and get away with it. Like they'll they'll let you know. USA fans will let you know straight up when they don't like something. And usually it's pretty it's pretty quick. Yep, and uh, I can vouch for that because where I'm from, if we don't like your shit within the first like five minutes, six minutes, of course yeah. you know trying to get ourselves over is like extremely bad. But uh, how do I put this? Out east when we were having shows and then we we're about to have shows. I hope. I go to I frequented Barclays a lot and the house shows it was bad because it blew the ever living hell out of the show. We'd be happy to see you guys, you know, and we're happy to see the workers. <clears throat> it's just out east. If if your match is the drizzling shits, then yeah. I don't put this. We're like judges on American Idol. Well, yeah, we'll eat your mm-hmm. ass alive because it's like, why would we come to pay for your show, like your match, yeah. if? Uh, if within the first five minutes, oh, it's nothing but rest holds and, okay, duck my line, you know, drop kick, powder. I'm like, dude, really? This is not, you know, yeah. England and chain wrestling, which is fine. I mean, this is my next segue into the next question. Um, mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself ground and pound, high fly, or a blend of all the above that you can 
add your into your offensive repertoire? Do you consider yourself a high flyer, ground and pound, or just a complete blend as a worker? Um, definitely a ground and pound. I hardly ever ever go to the top rope unless it's for a uh, a drop kick or a um, superplex. The rest of the time, I stay my ass on the ground because I don't know how to do all that shit. So makes total sense. I don't. Do sh- <laughs> I don't do shit I don't know how to do. <laughs> Again, that's also smart because if you're the dumbass that gets on the top rope and is like, "I'm going to try this move tonight, folks." By the way, I might yeah, break my no. leg. I might break my neck in the process. And that would be my exact look. <laughs> That would be my exact luck doing that for the first time. Oh, man. So, that's like, okay, so you, wow. I have a feeling that when stuff's over, I've always promoted this group of people, but, like, and they're awesome. The Monster Factory uh, with Danny Cage Mm -hmm. and them go out east, and they're the real deal, man. I'm telling you, Danny's good people and stuff. Like, have you ever... Have you ever wanted to venture out east? Um, of course. It's it's a matter of timing at this point. Um I've been I've been looking into uh JPWA for a while now. And um I think that's where I'm trying to I'm really trying to get into, to be quite honest with you. Well, and uh cool. it's, it's just a matter of working around angles and working around TV and stuff. I just don't want to – I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, fucking my promoter over and then, like, me be gone with a belt or something. You know what I mean? I just want to make sure everything is perfect for me to go. And then that way I can come back and there's no bridges burned and I can still come back and work. That's a good plan, and you know what? Very few, well, not very few, a lot of workers that I've interviewed so far on the show, they've said, you know, if I have this plan and I have a fallback, so that's good to have a fallback, man. So right. aside, like, aside of Randy Orton, I mean, any worker that has caught your attention when you've been studying like film, like what you want to try in the ring, um, caught your attention, whether it be Flair or Ricky the Dragon, like, who like stood out to you the most when you were like getting into wrestling for the very first year, year and a half? Mm. Wow. Um I would I don't know, man. That's such a I had so many influences I took little pieces from. Um as an as an amateur wrestler, uh, Kurt Angle and guys like Brock Lesnar, guys like that, I took to extremely, extremely quickly. And I started watching them a lot. Of course, I grew up watching professional wrestling. So I already knew who Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, all those guys were, Shelton Benjamin. So I just, after I, once I started figuring out, like, the workers aspect of it, I really started deep diving into how these guys were working part on the ground, you know, Smash Mouth Wrestling. That's good. I mean, that's, I mean, like, I always say, like, <clears throat> it's always good to have uh, an angle of perspective. And 
I watched some of your stuff, and I was like, well, okay, he has a natural knack to like, get the crowd going. That that spear that I saw in the room was wow. I do. <laughs> like if he, I, I saw that, I was like, okay, if you did that in the East Coast, you would have popped us. Because yeah, we see so much shit all the time, and we're just we're very picky bitches, man. We are very picky bitches out here, and <laughs> we we are. And it's just like my friends looking at me with the cards. I'm like, yo, I don't need cue cards out then. Come on now. Um, <laughs> I and the roommates would just always tell ourselves like, did you see this? And I'd show them like, dang son. And I and I looked and said, if he would have done that, like, at a Ring of Honor or um, it doesn't matter what. So, like, if you pop the crowd and I, I'm going to – do you prefer – and this is the aggravating question for anybody and anyone in the business. Do you consider yourself okay. a better heel or better face? Um – to be quite honest, quite honest with you, I've never worked as a heel. I've all I've only worked as a face so far, so it's it's face for me. <laughs> uh, oh man, I got I got pop your cherry, man. Being a heel is so much easier than being a face. You know why? I, I why is that? Uh, because as a heel, you get to be yourself, man. As a face, you gotta get the okay. empathy crowd you know, by, <laughs> Whole rock and roll expressing when Jim's point says, and he looks at the crowd and says, "Help me, help me," type thing. Ricky Morton or whatever. Yeah, and I laugh yeah. my ass off. The, and the, that explanation, and I go, "It doesn't. You don't have to be like oh, I'm a badass as a heel. It's usually the nice ones that are the ones that can really dive into their heel-like behavior. Yeah. Plus, like, oh, dude, it's much more fun getting booze from the crowd. You know why? Because it's so." fucking easy to be hated why you can <laughs> like pander them just a little bit don't acknowledge the east coast because we'll just eat that up like motherfucker i'm telling you pardon my french folks <laughs> um like honestly the whole thing about being healed is not just about uh, i'm a badass i can you know do this i can do that okay what what do you fucking do if you're a face, you gotta get empathy from the crowd. You gotta kiss the babies and sign the autograph. Yeah, of course, of course. And be a good role model. And I'm just saying, like, pop your cherry, meaning like, get ready for it, man. Because as, as okay, <laughs> this is just a compliment here. It's like a good-looking dude like you. If you go into anywhere else, like just the mannerisms and stuff, you're either gonna get a mixed blend of boo, and then the other side cheer. But mm-hmm. that's the beauty of wrestling now is that you can get a reaction regardless. Um, yeah. So I gotta ask you this question: Like, what are like the things that consider you to like your best attributes as far as like, okay, I can get the crowd going by, or I can, uh, <clears throat> you know, I know when I do this, they're gonna pop. Do you have that natural instinct when you're in the ring? Like, if the match is starting off uh, kind of dull, you know, in the beginning, like, like, okay, let's do this, you know, okay, they're not popping, so let's do that. Do you ever find yourself having those moments in the ring where you're just like, well, shit, they're not, you're not going for this, let's try this. Do you just naturally on the fly, oh, or do you like planning things out? Yeah, I think I think every every face or every worker has had that moment where it just, your crowd's just kind of dull. Um, I don't know, it's just, it depends. 
it depends whether they want to see, you know, just a wrestling match or they, whether they want to see storyline at night. You know, it just, it, it depends. I, I can't say for, for a majority of crowds because I haven't been, been in front of a majority of crowds. But for USA fans, it's just, it's whether they're feeling you or not. It, you never really know until you're out there with them. Sometimes they'll feel you, and sometimes they won't. It's just you get in there, you put on a show regardless, and, you know, don't fucking expose anything, and then do your job. Thank you. Someone said the magic words, folks. He said the magic words. Don't don't expose stuff, and just do your (laughs) job. Because I see a lot of workers to be, like, trying to get themselves over. It's like, great, let me explain something to y'all. I went around the indie circuit around Missouri and Oklahoma and Iowa, and I'm, you know, like, okay, these guys are putting on a show, so cool, I'll watch objectively. But in my mind, you know, in some matches, it's like, do they really honestly think this is going to pop for them or the crowd? And that what you know, what you just said was important mm-hmm. because some people just don't, I mean, some workers, I shouldn't say people, some workers just don't understand, like, mm-hmm. This is going to pop for us, but it's not going to pop the fucking crowd. So, like, please understand, yo, I'm not an expert, and I will tell you to not to your face, but I was like, what do you think of the match? Because I've been around wrestling for, oh, well, let's see here, since 2008 as a professional trying to get in the business. But um, I like hearing what other guys think, you know, there's going to, like, I, the conversation around the locker room is different from, you know, the conversation in ring. Because sometimes oh, yeah. the match is the drizzling shits. Sometimes as a manager, mm-hmm. dude, it's kind of like you just stay in one spot and you, you wait for the baby face or your interference. Because nine times out of ten, the, promotion, the promoters don't like us managers. They love the wrestlers. There's a reason for that. Because they didn't come to see a guy in a suit dressed up with some gimmick looking like Colonel Sanders or whatever the fuck. And uh, – the other thing is, I'm going to ask you is like, out of all the managers in, in wrestling history, who as a kid did you absolutely like, man, this dude, he knows what he's doing. Like, out of Bobby Heenan, Cornette, uh, Freddie Blassie, who else can name here? Ted DiBiase. Um, uh-huh. There's a lot of workers. Uh, Fuji. There's like, out of all of those guys that I, and well, Heyman, yeah. I don't. That's not. That's one of the guys that's a genius on the mic. But out of the guys I just listed, like, who do you think grasped the concept of what a true manager was and what they were supposed to be doing? Um. Well, my favorite that's not on the list is Paul Bear. And when I when I first started watching wrestling as a kid, it was. It was a little bit after 2002, so Kane had just came back from his bicep tear, and I just I started watching old. I discovered YouTube for the first time at that age as well, and I just I I went back and watched Paul Bear and just that whole storyline with Taker and Kane. Like uh, Paul Bear was just the the perfect manager in, in my eyes. Just perfect. Storyline, Mr. Percival. Everything was perfect. Uh, 
I think he was a great manager because, like you said, like he did what he's supposed to do. His build with Taker and Kane was amazing. Like, I don't care what people say. They're like, oh, I'm like, no. Can we please stop being wrestling experts, please, for a second here and analyzing shit as if we were the booker? I I honestly, that's another thing out here that I tell people. Um, they're like, if they would have booked it this way, I'm like, okay, since when did we become promoters? When did we? Yeah. As, <clears throat> yeah. Like, well, you such a perfectionist. Why don't you tell us? I said, look, man. If I have a guest on my show, I never ever is like, "Would you ask Pillman?" I said, "Oh, you mean the annoying question about him and his dad?" And then he's standing <laughs> in the doorway, like, "Oh, you stand here." And as I remember, four years old, and they broke my. That's the most annoying question. So, what is the most <laughs> annoying question that you get asked as a, as a wrestler that you're just like, "I really have to answer this shit." Does it hurt? The most important uh, yeah. question uh, to me or to any worker is, does it hurt? Yeah, because you know how it is when you physically get in that ring and you know that you risk <clears throat> getting hurt. Not just getting hurt, but never – Oh, yeah. One wrong sequence, one wrong pile driver, one wrong anything. Mm-hmm. You can dislocate someone's shoulder if you do something improperly – you don't do a move, you yeah. don't hook right on a suplex. I mean, you can, can be paralyzed. You, you can, can kill, kill somebody, somebody yeah, doing because that. most, that's, that's yeah, a really reality. Oh. It's not supposed to yeah. happen what we do. You know? It's very, very unnatural and not supposed to happen. So, I mean, anything could go wrong at any given time. I've seen it happen. There's several things folks, that he's saying is correct because... One example of this, not just Owen Austin, I mean, the whole, okay, are you going to drop to your knees or are you going to drop to your ass? And the way Owen yeah. looks Austin is kind of is sketchy at first, and then Austin always tells that story where it's like, I told him, you know, are you going to drop to your knees or ass? And he goes, ass, and Austin goes, well, I haven't taken one of those in quite a while. Right. And I'm just like, you know, if a worker tells you they can't fucking do something, please understand, fuckers. Don't fucking do it. And, I, and I'm pretty sure Luke feels the same way. If I'm looking like, if he's going up against a big guy and he's like, well, I haven't done this move, but you won't try it out, Luke's probably going to think no. Oh, no, no, like, no. If I, don't, if I don't know how to do something, I ask immediately, like, show me how to do this. And then once I'm shown how to do it, I'm fine. Sometimes I have to be, you know, reminded of certain moves and stuff. But I just I just don't take anything willy-nilly without knowing what it is first, you know. That's how that's, you get hurt. Yeah, that's – exactly. And so when I watch, like, certain not, – I'm not just, like, a super fan, folks. No, I've – if you're asking me questions, you're supposed to be asking Lou questions. That's, you know, courtesy, right? Mm. Oh, okay. So we have a first question on Instagram to Luke, and it's from Lainey. Okay. And she says, has anybody thrown any undergarments in the ring towards you? And I said, okay, <laughs> well, that's all right, Lainey. Um, where are you from? And she goes, okay, you're from... Okay, this is cool. She's from the UK. And oh, wow. Do you, do you have any other questions? Yeah, she – okay, so Lainey wants to also ask you, 
Um, oh, that's an interesting match. You're making matches now, and you ask about undergarments. Wow, this is interesting. Uh-oh. Uh, so she wants to know if you had a match between NXT's own Timothy Thatcher, uh, what's his name, Marcel Bartel, Tyler Breeze. What is this, a gauntlet match? Jesus Christ. He's Tyler Breeze, Marcel Bartel, Timothy Thatcher, and Shelton Benjamin. Like, she goes, what would be your strategy? Like, God, that's um, a lot of names. I, I, don't, I don't exactly know. I mean, obviously with Shelton, it would be amateur wrestling. But the rest of them, I don't, I just, I would just wrestle. I mean, that's all, that's all I really know how to do. That's all I've ever done. Yeah. So. And as far all as the first question, no, I've never had yeah. undergarments thrown at me <laughs> in the ring. Lainey, <laughs> any other? She's like, oh, well, because she's, and she goes, oh, well, it was, uh, I said, was there any particular, so I messaged her back and I said, is there any particular reason why you would, um, and she goes, I'm just asking, he's quite cute. And I go, <laughs> oh, that's why. Oh, okay. girl. Well, oh, I'm gonna grab another beer. Awesome. <clears throat> so, oh yeah. Speaking of that, if you're listening, Buku Dao, I don't know if you were. Never mind. I'm not gonna do that. Never mind. <laughs> that was a fun experience when I had him on my show. I don't know if he was sober or drunk. There, I said it. Um. <laughs> He's like, why? Well, no, I want to challenge Ricochet. Fuck him. That's why. Oh that gosh. Like, <laughs> oh, that, gosh. I, that's why I said I don't know if he was drunk or sober. So one of the things I must be oblivious to is whether someone's you know inebriated or they're just you know out expressing how they feel. No. I'm just I'm just sipping. Like I said, I, I still work a shoot job, obviously. And uh, I'm just drinking just to, you know, get some feel good that's before bed is what we call it. Get some feel good. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's understandable, man. So, essentially, what, you know, people go through in wrestling is like the, I'm going to make it, you know, and all this stuff. But I came across people, I was asked, why did you choose me? And it's like, hey, I'm the random guy that brings good luck to the person, just joking. Um, you know, there's a few people in the guest guest area, guest list, if you will, that have, and either they have ended up Ring of Honor, no, these people went on their own accord, man. They've got so much talent. And if you don't mind me mm-hmm. saying, dude, like, just looking at you, I'm like, this dude has a look. I wonder if eventually, you know, he'll traverse over to the performance center if he's given a chance. Um, you oh. know, with the with the stuff that you do, I mean, I really think, and this is just saying, like some guys have a look, they have an idea what their gimmick is, and they know what they're doing. Um, I'm not a scout, obviously. I just look and say, okay, well, this this guy, this gal, you know, uh-huh. why aren't they? Why aren't they doing no? Joe Linda Bell business. Oh, who sent me a message? Hold on now. 
Was Luke embarrassed the night Grandma snuck a butt grab in Dixon? Huh. That was just an well, actual question. question. It says, was Luke embarrassed the night Grandma snuck a butt grab in Dixon? <laughs> uh. Is that girl's name Keely? No, her, her name is, it says Jolinda L. Bivis. That's, that's what it's saying. Mm. <laughs> no. Nah. I'm used to it, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, no. I told you my Instagram is full of people and questions. Yo, thank you, though, for asking. My goodness. Uh, how many. Wow, dude, I must have been promoted more so than anything for your, like, that's some emotional skills, I'm telling you. That's more than any other guest that has been on my show. Uh-oh, we got another question. Yikes, sir. What's, what's Jolinda asking? It says, it's just typing, imagine. so I'm going to ask this. I was like, I'm just saying, yo, girl, this is fun stuff. Are you listening to my show live? Please say you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is just not like wrestling related. Girl, type the question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm from the East Coast, and I'm not trying to be mean, but like, if you're going to ask a question, I love you. I love all of you. He turned 50 shades of red that night. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> she says that you turned 50 shades of red. Wow. I, I've, I've heard of 50 shades well, of gray. But I I reckon I did. I don't I don't exactly remember. I've had many a nights in Dixon County, Tennessee. And many <laughs> of those nights I've had my butt grabbed by a fan, so it's hard to pinpoint wh- which exact moment that was. <laughs> that's so that's interesting cuz I'm just like, yo, I get like Maybe five questions per guest. This is like another like another girl from the UK. What's your name? Melinda. Okay. She goes, I'm a becoming wrestler, and I watch NXT UK. And you just mentioned Marcel Bartel. Perhaps maybe his strategy could be to. Um, I was like, please don't save LA. Please do not save LA. I hate people that mark out for themselves. Please do not save LA. No. Thank God. Thank God. She said perhaps your strategy may be to acquire like some help. I was like, from who? And she said, Lee Garo. And I said, Oh, Lee Garo, the guy who has a luchador mask and he's from Leeds. <laughs> what about Jordan <laughs> Devlin? Come on. I don't know. He might he might be a little bit too fast for my liking. Not for my liking, but for my my skill level at this point, let's say. Well, that's what I'm saying. All these people are like, have you seen his look? He looks like... One person just said, well, he looks heel, and he said he was face, so maybe perhaps he <laughs> popped his cherry. And I said, wow, you were listening to my show. Was it Joseph from Louisville? Okay. I see you. <laughs> so that's... My my Instagram can pop up from time to time, and other times it's dead as a doornail. Yeah. Tonight, for some reason, when you popped on my show, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Likes on my page. Hope y'all don't disappear now. 
because if he comes back and <laughs> right. next me, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like, look here, y'all. For for those of y'all following my show, like, understand, I kind of work as an accidental agent <laughs> that <laughs> listens to these interviews and how they conduct themselves. I'm just kidding. Y'all got talent, Luke, and I know that eventually, like, in maybe a year or even sooner, you're probably going to end up at the Performance Center. Um, Speaking of Performance Center, so, which, you know, okay, did you ever play any kind of sport before you hit wrestling, like football, basketball, tennis, something something athletic that helped you prepare fitness-wise for pro wrestling? Um. I've been I've been pretty active my whole life. I started out with uh baseball and basketball. I didn't even turn physically aggressive until like probably sixth grade year. Yeah, sixth grade year was when I first started playing football. And then I just I got kinda tired of it after a while and then uh my eighth grade year I went to Wells Wilson over here in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And I pretty much got picked out to try out for wrestling. And uh, ever since that first day, man, I just I absolutely fell in love with, like, the amateur wrestling side. And then um, I'd say, I'd say um, I, was, I loved pro wrestling even before that. I watched it all as a kid. I had the wrestlers, the ring, Kane's mask. I had everything, man. And um, it was just. Yeah, I'd say amateur wrestling is what made me physically ready for the type of contact that you you get in pro wrestling because it really is unlike any other sport. It's it's hard. It's hard stuff. So it's hard stuff, man. Because you got it's about timing. It's about crowd engagement. It's about a lot of stuff. Oh, the- the crowd is not into your shit. Like, why should we bother buying a ticket to see you again? Right. I was just, I was just blessed and lucky enough to be around some really, like, older talents that have been in the business for a really, really long time. Like Burt Prentice and Jerry Lawler, Ricky Morton. All those guys have come, come through, and you know they stop and talk every now and then. I just, I've been extremely, extremely lucky to be in that position to be close to them. Not to, like, be necessarily close, but to be getting advice from them and stuff like that. It's, it's really it's really surreal. That's the part that's, that's crazy to me, is meeting all those people in person. Because I never thought I would meet fucking Jerry Waller in person. Like... I never would have thought, like, because this show, the USA show, was 15 minutes from my house when I went to the first show. And I went to, I went up to Burt Prentice because he was selling tickets at the booth. And I said, I want to, I want to train. Like, I really, really want to train. I'll do anything you ask me to, whatever you need, I'll do. And then it just, it hit from there. It hit from there, man. Started started That's learning how like, to break down a ring then. <laughs> so setting up the wooden planks and the metal, you know, and they're like, oh, you oh know, yeah. Stuff. I was like, dude, look, 
here's my thing as a, as a, he's like, oh, he's marking out for himself. And I, I no, <laughs> let me just put that into, put that statement in the rest from uh, Instagram person that I didn't accept their message. It's cool. You think I'm marking out for myself? Let me just put this into perspective. No, I'm obviously letting Luke talk. So how is that marking out for myself? And two, let me just also put this into perspective. When you're breaking down a ring and you're a manager and the promoter sees that, they're like, oh, he wants to be a part of the show. But I guarantee fuck to you. There's oh, it, was, it wasn't even it in. wasn't even it wasn't even that it was it was mandatory. <laughs> I had I had no choice. Yep, because if you don't, you're gonna be getting it from the freaking promoter, dude. If you leave, exactly. you're like, oh, you prima donna, are you a big name? Even then, I've seen Charles Robinson even. and I've seen other guys that in the business that set up the ring. Bruce Pritchard even helped set up the ring. Jimmy Hart. So I've seen I've seen Hart, Hart. help break down um and I was like, yeah, you're you're never too good or too far in to like pay your, help pay your dues, you know. Once I once I seen Jimmy Hart like help us with the ring and help us with chairs and stuff, I was like, yeah. I I definitely I don't always break down the ring and stuff like that, but I always I always try to. I always try to help in some way, any way that I can. It's always important, folks, to understand and not just helping set up a ring, tear it down, but also be there for like if fans want to take a picture with you, or if they want yeah. you know an autograph, you just you take out a pen and yeah. you got a pen. Okay, and always look for a marker because those little ones are the ones that believe everything is real until they get mm-hmm. older and they're like, I went to this show and this Luke guy or whatever, uh, he signed my yeah. autograph and he was really cool, and that's like. A moment we workers cherish because whether we're hated or loved, it's if you were remembered, but remembered in a way that it was sound and it was it was not sound, but it was humbling experience or, oh, it was really cool. They were really nice to me. They signed my shirt. They signed my arm. They signed my jacket. Yeah. They signed whatever, you know, and it's one of the things, like, that I like about the baby face aspect of them they're like what else do you like i said other than that you know here's the thing i don't care if you're a healer face as long as you're not a fucker and as long as you're not the guy that sits in the locker room praising oh did you see my move oh that was so over like get the fuck out of here that shit <laughs> like if you you're gonna be the guy that sits there and comes in from oh shit who's gonna send me this message What's the weirdest thing a fan has asked Luke for? Really? I just asked that question. It says from user 2.73836. What the hell? Again, it's the hotel underwear matches for me is the weirdest thing. Like, first of all, dude, unless it's like you're getting paid like $10,000. Okay, okay, I answered that question already. This is weird. Except a message request. No. Instagram's being weird tonight, folks. What's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked for? Are you kidding me? Wow, way <laughs> to copy and paste my format, dumb. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to call a fan dumb, yep. but if you haven't been be listening right. to the show, yeah, it'll be fine, but uh, <laughs> Vinny, really? I get, no, this is not, we're not on NBC. We don't have a time frame, dude. I'm sorry, my roommate's <laughs> like, it's like, it's like wrap it up type thing. Now you can mimic what you want. Yeah. I'm gonna. Have to, I like being on air with this dude. This dude's awesome. He's badass. 
Thank um, you, man. I really so that. If I really like must tell you thing, what's rude behavior from an interview? Let me explain this to you. And this is not a shoot, okay? Actually it kind of is. One of the things that really bugged the fuck out of me is these guys that come on the show and you say you gotta be somewhere. I understand if it's the gym. I understand that you gotta be somewhere. But if you sit there doing that to Kayla Braxton or Tony Schiavone, I gotta be somewhere. Do you think oh, we're gonna God. hire your ass on? Yeah, it really fucking irritates me because it's mm-hmm. like, why would you come on my show and then have mm-hmm. the fucking nerve to sit there and tell me, oh, I gotta be somewhere? Then why'd you come on my show? Mm-mm. Like, yeah, I'm... like seriously. If if you're in an interview for WrestleMania, are you gonna sit there and tell the interviewer? Oh well, you know I gotta be somewhere at this time, so can we cut? You know, and don't ever, I doubt it. don't ever in your life say like, "What do you mean?" I said, "I'm not holding back, yo. Like, if you gotta be somewhere, cool. Message me and say, hey, can we wrap this up?' But don't sit yeah. there on live air and say, "Well, I gotta wrap this up or be somewhere." I'm like, are you established? Are you an established name? Let me answer that for you. No. Like indie, indie workers have done that. Uh. Yes. <laughs> and, and and I've wow. literally no, I've literally blasted I have not blasted them. I'm just telling you I gotta respect the next time Ooh. that somebody comes on this show and says, I gotta go to the gym, motherfucker, you could have gone to the gym the earlier day and you're saying, Well that's good behavior. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You're not a big name. You're still <clears throat> you're still in the embryonic stages of your fucking career, and you're sitting here telling a fan from the East Coast, not that we're anything special from fans in the Midwest, I don't care where the fuck you're from, but, like, if you're going to seriously come on my show and sit here and have rude behavior and then message me a stupid – I know who this is, too. And you're going to message me the question, what's the weirdest thing Luke has ever experienced? Like, yo, I can message him on Facebook all night long, and he'll say, I never really had an experience. Like – I'm not going to dog on that, but the next segue into the next question is, like, do you think it's rude interview behavior to sit on a live podcast or anything, anywhere in any format and say, I got to be somewhere? I, I would say so. I would say that would be, especially being from the South, that would be extremely rude. Yeah. Because honestly, that would be like... Rude. If I take time to book you as a guest, I'm not anything big. I'm not any – I am not an agent. I am not, you know, you're not getting paid. I understand that. Otherwise, they'd be on here forever. Like, oh, I'm getting paid, you know, $400, whatever. Yeah. But you could, for me, you could at least, just, like, say, do you mind, you know? Well – they were not – they like, were they rude about it? I said, no, one person was cordial about it. The other person, though – like, this happened, you know, to be, like, where it's, like, I got to be somewhere, I got to do this. Cool, then why the fuck will you even appear on my show? No, dude. Like, that really yeah. set me off because it, it kind of – go ahead. Yeah, I can see that definitely being irritating. Like, if you, like if you sit here on a show and you say to yourself, okay – some nights, dude, I'm so tired and I ramble on. It's funny to listen to the re like re-recorded version, and I tell mm-hmm. people like I have you know um, off the rails uncensored, which is a show that basically, you know, I t- I give the guests the option whether they want to leave or whether they want to stay. If they want to stay on my show, cool. 
if they want to leave, you know, while I'm, some people call it ranting and raving, that's fine. I don't mind. But, you know, if you want to stay, dude, on Off the Rails Uncensored, you can't, you're more than welcome to if you, if you don't mind. Shit, yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I wake up early in the morning, right. but I'm usually still time anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> so this is the point show, this is the point in the show, folks, where um, the following content contains expletive language. If you have children under the age of 18, I suggest that you either put earplugs in their phone and just tell them, hey, listen to this horrible-ass music that they listen to every day. Or two, they can tune oh. into this show and repeat this shit to their school principal, and I will not be responsible <laughs> for any of the content that they reproduce out of their mouths or the ass-whooping that they will get from their well, parents. Most, so, most of them listen in cornet anyway. That's true. So it's not that a, is very not true. Big deal. Quoted a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Most off do. the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast which was coined on phrase Off the Rails Uncensored March 7, 2016. It is five years old, folks. And my baby is five years old. The ranting, raving, and the lunacy that comes, actually the accuracy, my bad, that comes from this show. So for the first time ever, <laughs> I guess we'll be a part of uh, dual shows, right? So, hmm. you know what the deal is, Ben. Hear my music. Dig it. that were there that were presented to me as a fan I had the choice of tuning in or tuning it out here's what I chose to do I watched it so I could talk about it and it wasn't bad it wasn't good it was okay the whole Darby Allen Sting match you know and I'm guessing you know like we said earlier Sting can still go it's just um, yeah. I'm going to fast forward to the match that got everybody's fucking attention and I've seen a lot of death matches from Revolver CZW and all them. Oh hell, I've seen a lot of matches from Japan. You know, death matches to me have to have a certain kind of flavoring to it. And the flavoring that Moxley and Omega gave us wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad worker. Just the whole sparkler thing. I'm gonna agree with what Bully Ray said. Like, wasn't the fuck that finish though? And he wasn't because he became like Bully Ray was a part of ECW, obviously. But when you see guys like New Jack and Sandman and guys that went through all these death matches, Tommy Dreamer, Buell McGillicuddy, <clears throat> guys that I argue, yeah. Jerry Lynn, these guys that grew up and I grew up watching and wrestling and seeing death matches, I don't care for de- Like, honestly, folks, this is another thing I'm going to talk about. Wrestling is not all about hardcore. Some of you sadists out there believe that it is. Well... Not everything, not every match has to have color because then you're just doing it, you know, for blurring the lines and 
it was the answer to grunge or whatever, you know, ECW was back in the day. But from what I saw, what AEW did at Revolution, it was half good, half bad. Considering the matches on the card, you know, Shaquille O'Neal versus Cody Rhodes, no thank you. I'm going to say it right now. When a celebrity comes into wrestling, they get pampered. They get babied. They get told, this is how you get, you know, your matches in. You're going to get this stuff in. I'm like, wow, must be nice. Because every time a worker says, can we get our stuff in? That's rude. One. Two, like a celebrity comes in like Bad Bunny, for example. And he does his part. You know, he sells, he, he does whatever tonight he did on, on WWE Raw. He got bashed with a guitar, and unfortunately the guitar did not break. I don't know if that was the intention uh, from the Miz tonight, but <laughs> it was just like, I'm glad. I was like, when a part of me was like, good, they finally hit the bastard. I can't stand him. Because it's like, you're putting a guy Oof. out there that draws money. That's great. That's great. But when... When you see guys like honestly sit there and come in, or gals that come in like uh, Snooki, that one WrestleMania with Trish Stratus, okay, that was different because Snooki actually tried. Okay, I give her that. And then Maria Menudos from e- Entertainment Tonight, that woman can actually fucking work. So it's not all celebrities are bad. Uh, let's see here, Lawrence Taylor. Right. There's right. another. There's a lot of uh There's a lot of people That say you know celebrities Don't have a place in wrestling Well Shaquille O'Neal and Cody Rhodes I'm sorry But I just can't I cannot get behind The whole The celebrities Joining in on wrestling I'm just Not a fan and I, I'm I'm being honest with you because if they come in and they're going to be a draw, that's great. If they're an enforcer like Tyson was with, you know, Austin and Michaels, that's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask you, like, what's your stance on celebrities joining in on the fun? Um, I guess it it honestly, I guess it just depends on the celebrity and whether they can. You know, like Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. I mean, that went crazy. Like, who would have expected that? I guess it would just depend on the celebrity. You could see, like, it'd be like if Conor McGregor came into WWE. Like, that would be absolutely insane. And he would make it work because he's a freaking crazy promo. Even on the UFC, like, all that shit is just off the cuff. Like, it's just crazy how much, like, a UFC fight has that much crowd control. Or, like, Ronda Rousey. When Ronda Rousey. Her, yeah, her first rest, her first matches at fucking Mania with Kurt Angle and Triple H and Stephanie. And she kills it. So, it just, I guess it just depends on the celebrity. Well, dude, like, but most also, of the time, though, wait, I was... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> like, but I was there for Rousey. Uh, she was really nice because I saw her in NXT um, when I was there in New Orleans. Like we, I went all out. I got like front row seats with my friend, and we went to uh, Superdome or whatever it was. And so I literally, yeah. I literally was like, "Oh my god, you know, this is so cool." And she was like extremely friendly. 
I think the only thing with Rousey that bugged the ever-living crap out of me with her was when she had a match with Charlotte Flair and it was a last woman standing match and the fact Mm -hmm. that it took every ounce out of Charlotte Flair not to be like, really, you're not going to sell shit after I just beat the ever-living fuck out of you? You know, this is wrestling. You know, you should sell, like, sell what you do, and that's the only issue with Ronda. I'm sure that they... Some other females were like, wow, you know, she comes in here and she gets an opportunity. In the same sense, I, you got to think from both sides, though. If somebody comes in that's a big draw, are they really going to know who Alexa Bliss is? Or are they really going to know who Nia Jax is? No. That's why her name got pushed to the front of the line because she was somebody that was important to, you know, to right. the audience. And it's just like, wow, I don't. I don't quite know what to say other than holy shit. I yeah. think that it was uh I think this is important, you know, when you get a celebrity involved in professional wrestling. I would just rather have them as an enforcer. Like I hate to say it. They're gonna not that I care about how the booking goes for Mania. I just wanna see a show. That's just me personally. I just wanna see a wrestling show as a fan and as a former worker myself, it's just like I don't know if you ever had this happen to you. Like whenever you watch a match, you're like, "Oh, okay, that's the heat. Oh, okay, that's the." <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That was terrible. Would... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm like, oh. you're that guy that sits there and is like, "Oh, this is good. This is gonna be a great match. Oh, that got a pop." Yeah. You know, I sit there sometimes. Like, I can't faster crowds, and I get lost. Like, if you, okay, so I got a suggestion for you, Luke. Like, if you have the network, which I'm sure, I don't know if you do. I do. Um, you do? Mm hmm. Okay, so if you have time, watch some of, like, old NXT UK. Do you watch any NXT at all? Um, not as much as I should. I would suggest, like, but it was like, okay, I, one of my favorite things that they have ever done so far is implemented, like, the old stuff, like, War Games and In Your House. I think one of the best workers that I suggest people to watch as a face and as a heel, I don't think you can call him as just a tweener. So, like, um, uh, Velveteen Dream is probably one of my favorites. Because, okay. man, Homeboy can actually, like, not only pull you in, feel real your ass. And, like, his match with Tommaso Ciampa, holy shit. At mm. War Games, like, Ciampa, like, Ciampa I know is not unheard of because you can't say that name in wrestling and, like, oh, you know. Same thing yeah. with Gargano or Cole or uh, Timothy Thatcher or I'm not so sure about LA Knight because I know that's Eli Drake in my mind. But, um, you know, there's current NXT or NXT UK, dude, like, Imperium has this theme that will give you goosebumps. It's, like, a very, like, German villain group. It's got Marcel mm-hmm. Martel, Walter, uh, you know, Fabian Eichner. I'm like, wow. So when I, I said on the show jokingly to my former co-host, and she might be coming on next week, I said it'd be really funny if they put Undisputed Era versus Imperium. Because Imperium is basically NXT UK's version of Undisputed Era, which now they obviously split up. But anyway, so 
the suggestion would be to watch some of like the different styles because um, when NXT UK had a crowd when Rhea Ripley before she got to Maine, like I honestly feel like that that young lady gets it, and some people compare her to Charlotte. Mm, I can see it, uh-huh. but to me, Rhea would always be in my mind like the person, the epitome of performer like Bianca Belair. Yeah. Nashville's favorite sister. We always call her Nashville's favorite sister. <laughs> and, uh, and they say that because I'm like, well, dude, like she came to Brooklyn and we were not, like, we were not unimpressed with her match with uh, Deanna Perrazzo because both, you know, both performers very good. But Bianca, yeah. there's something about her that stands out. And. Mm-hmm. It's the swagger, it's the confidence, and it's like that hair that looks like Sindel's from uh, Mortal Kombat. Like, she uses that thing, I'm like, dang. She used it against Shayna, and I saw the mark on her abdomen. I'm like, dang, what is in that hairspray? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, I I know I went off topic. My my Instagram's like, you went off topic a lot. I'm like, well, that tends to happen late at night, yo. Considering the fact yeah, that, that I had you asked a weird ass question and I got forty five minutes left with Mr. Luke here. Um so I gotta ask you a question, like what uh, this again again, you gonna be my unconventional journalism on off the rails and censored also. Um, what is your stance okay. on wrestlers who are gay or lesbian? Uh, that doesn't bother me, it's none of my business. Because that was just a question that got it got proposed on Instagram. I'm like, I'm sure he doesn't mind. Yeah. Whatever someone does behind closed doors is none of my business. They're big. So. Okay. All right. So next, uh, if you guys have any questions, you can message me on Wrestle underscore Radio or Wrestle or Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. And for those of you who are dealing with this craziness that is the pandemic, we, you know, apologize eventually get back to normal and going to wrestling shows again and creating new footage for you right here on this radio network. So I'd have to ask you, do you prefer one company over the other? Or are you just like, it's just wrestling to me at this point? AEW, WWE, NWA, New Japan, <sighs> Impact, Impact, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have enough experience to say, really. Um, I'm just, I'm um, hungry how, for, I'm hungry for any opportunity that, whichever company that's willing to give it, I should say. You know? And question, speaking of opportunity, have you, um, I gotta ask Uncle Bob this question. Brutal Bob Evans, have you... Oh shoot! Somebody wants to send me a message. Ask. Uh-oh. It says, "Ask him about breaking him." Uh, what was it? Ask him about breaking him mom's nose, dropping an elbow from the couch. <laughs> yeah, that's my mom. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I was like, I was like three or four, man, and like I said, I had just gotten into watching wrestling, so. You know, I discovered who Randy Savage was for the first time. 
And so I proceeded to elbow drop my mom, shoot off the couch, and I broke her nose. <laughs> At three years old? Wow. Yeah. 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 You must have I got a my ass for that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got my ass whooped for that's that one. Interesting. But at three years old, that's why I'm laughing because it's like, are you serious? How do you break your mother's? Well, I guess from a distance, I can see it, folks. I mean, little Luke, like elbow dropping his poor mom's nose. <laughs> but I've, that's just made my night. Oh my goodness, yo! This is like the. This is the one of the best like fun shows I've had in a while. An elbow drop from the top from Little Loop. There it is. She's gonna whoop his oh, ass. Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> no, there wasn't no cover. I was. I don't. I don't remember if I was trying to get away or not. If I had time. She says, but he was I, I, savage. Do remember, I, I do remember that. That one was a good one. Fucking savage. (laughs) 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 Wow, that's cool. We have to see this actor when he hits NXT or AEW or wherever. I hope you guys blow this up like crazy. Share it, download it. It's free on iTunes, by the way. And two, yep, and two, I got to change my ugly ass wrestling logo, dude, for real. Yeah, it was your idea, dumbass. It was your idea, dumbass. You don't point at me. I know you're trying to be quiet because I'm on the show, but yes, it was your idea to draw on the back of a notebook. Come on, man. No, dude, that was not my art. Uh uh-uh. uh. That was. I'm sorry. I'm having a side conversation with one of the techs. Yes. Oh, you're good. <laughs> he's you're good. he's saying in cue card. He's saying I'm an asshole. Well, it takes one to know one, dipshit. What'd you do? Oh yeah, that's New York speak. That's New York speak for hi, how are you? We love each other like brothers, right? Right, Vinny? Uh, I know you're rolling your eyes. Um, <laughs> um, so a question: Like, do you prefer like? Okay, so when you're on time away from work and wrestling, like downtime wise, what was your like favorite leisure activity aside from drinking beer? And like, I don't know what you do, like uh-huh. pool or whatever. Like, what do you do to relax and get you like, oh, man, this feels great? Man, to be honest with you, my, my like, my down, down time is when I get to be home and sitting in my comfy chair in my room, and I get to turn on the Xbox, man. And then I just get to watch YouTube videos. I don't necessarily play video games and stuff, but... Mostly, I just I deep dive on YouTube and Netflix and stuff like that. I'll do that for a couple of hours, and then I'll get up and go stretch and go do something. But I'm usually, like usually I'm... I... <coughs> go ahead. Yeah, usually I'm on the go. They know it's life, folks. I mean, like, it's nice to have time to relax and not be worried about, okay, what I'm going to say, when I got my gear ready, okay, do I have my do I have my 8x10s ready, do I have my, you know, T-shirts ready for sale? Do you, yeah. okay, so 
Do you use Pro Wrestling Tees as one of your online sellers, or do you just sell in person? I sell in person. Do you even? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to ask you this question when I was messaging you earlier, but like, um, so do you have someone that makes your shirts for you, or did you make your design? How did you do it? Um, I'm I made my own design at first, and then my my ex girlfriend went and bought a one of those machines. I don't know what you call them, but she went and got one of them print machines, and we. We sat and did a whole bunch of them one night, and that's how I got merch. That's cool. My friend, if you ever become big, I mean, like, it doesn't matter because they can have people that make shirts for you, but, I mean, I would say, like, the cool thing would be, like, if you had your shirts available on Pro Wrestling Tees, I think if you were local, tell the locals, hey, you know, you can check me out on this site, whatever, and and you can mm-hmm. even, I don't know, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there because I took one, and I'm going to say this to you, I took one look at the picture on Facebook and I go, hmm, I wonder if his influence is Randy Orton because of the way he's posing right now. And <laughs> my friends go, wow. Because they were like, I kind of, yeah. I said, not kind of, dude, like it looks like he's purposely posing like Randy, you know, in the suit and like the smirk and like, and they go, are you sure Some, he's? Yeah. Sometimes like they it, ask sometimes me, they're like, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's no it's no secret by the pictures and stuff that that that's my favorite worker. That's the. Uh, I'd say that's like him, my, and, uh, him, him and him and Kane were my my two that I, I loved. That's cool, man. So, um. What else was there? Okay, okay. Any other questions? No? Wow, because Instagram was popping, yo. Like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh, we have a question from my own Brooklyn. Okay, so this is from, her name is Jamika. Wow, which borough are you from? Like, where do you get from in Queens? Or are you from Brooklyn? Oh, you from Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm just playing with you, girl. <laughs> And this question is, so if you had to pick, you know, a tag team partner for an intergender match, she's saying, like, who do you think you would fit best with and why? Mm. I don't know. Um If I had to, if I had to choose one, it'd be uh, it'd be Thunder Rosa. If I had to pick one, she's that's good. I watched her work, uh, Miranda Gordy, at the ballpark in Jackson, um, the night I went over for the Southern Heavyweight Title, and that was them. Them girls were getting at it, man. I mean, they were hitting each other hard. I was like, yeah. Oh, like if there was ever an intergender match, I was like, I would either want Miranda Gordy or Thunder Rosa as my tag partners. That's cool. And yeah, um, like the reason why I asked that question is because most guys on a podcast will ask, like, so what was your hardest match? What was? Um, uh, no, I, I'm not. 
<laughs> asking that question, and uh, they're like, uh, well, now I had a question that says, have you ever had a match that was the drizzling shits and you were just praying to God it would get over soon? That's Brooklyn for you. There's another dude from Brooklyn that just asked that question. Um, I've had I've had moments where like it's been like, oh, I'm ready for this to be over. Like, but I've had I've had you know kind of crappy matches. But I haven't, I haven't ever had a match where they're like they're booing me and shit like that, you know. I know that's that's like weird to say, but I've I've never, I've never really put myself in the, in that position to to have that yet. And I hope, just knock on wood, I. <laughs> but I've I've definitely okay. had those moments where, like, oof, I shouldn't have done that, or you know, I shouldn't have sold like that, or. I've definitely had those moments. Yeah, and the reason why I say this, folks, is because uh, in professional wrestling, in some uh, promotions, not a lot, like I say, I don't like saying negative stuff. I'm not, okay, not negative, but honest stuff. If I feel something, if I see something in a match, I was like, why did they do that? Why didn't she sell? Like, one of the biggest things. Yeah. I was just was like watching Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, and they're like, "Well, those are you know excellent workers." I said, "Well, my only thing with Raquel Gonzalez is, you know, she's a nice person. I've met her before. Very good worker. But sometimes, you know, when a wrestler doesn't sell a move, not like every, oh my god, I can't believe she didn't sell that. Oh, she didn't sell that. No, it's just like when you get elbow dropped off the top of the freaking." <laughs> staging area in NXT and you get up right after you get elbow drops, yeah, I'm going to have a problem with your ass because you shouldn't be able to get up. If you're going to get up, you better get up like a fucking zombie and sell that shit because to me that's disrespectful. Like, if I just gave you a move that's like all of me, why should I fucking get up and you know, if if somebody just, okay, if I'm laying on the stage area and I get broken down through a table off an elbow drop, Am I going to get up like Superwoman, you know, like Raquel Gonzalez did with Rhea Ripley? No. And it irritated (laughs) me because she got up and got up. And I was like, what the hell did they have to do to smack you with a freaking steel chain? (laughs) And it's like, girl, if I was Beyonce or anybody else, you better stay your ass down because we're going to be having a conversation in the back. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was essentially what happened to me when I first started. It was, sell your ass off, kid. <laughs> You're getting the shit beat out of you the whole match. Especially with my trainer and then a uh, a guy we work with, Honcho Hensley. He he really, him and Matt, Matt Starr are the ones that, that really broke my ass in. I was, I was figuring out how to sell pretty pretty early on. I had really no choice but to sell. <laughs> Because a lot of those moves are... Yeah. My thing is, dude, like, if you take a move, that's fine. But if you're taking, like, a series of moves, and it's like, hey, here's my comeback, man. Here's the heat. All right, you know, we're going to take it up to the finish, and we're going to, like... One time, I I was thinking in my head, I was like, don't say it because it's not your place. There are several times that I sat with my friend, and I'm, like, hearing these guys plan out their matches, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, whatever. 
one guy was fighting on a match, and I heard, you know, all this complicated shit. I was like, you can't call shit on the fly? Are you fucking serious? Mm-hmm. I was like, it's hard for me. They can't. Oh. Like, I str- I what I mean by that is, str- dude, like, he. Oh, okay. That's fine. But what I'm telling you is, like, when I listen and I don't say much, unless they're like, well, you sound very boisterous and expressive to me. What I'm yeah. talking about is when a guy consists, like, planning way too much and the saying goes, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Yes. Cause, yes. Because it's just like, um, you know, if you're planning a match, it's like, God, I don't know if I remember the length. It was either 11 minutes or 17. But son of a backside bitch. Like, I sat there listening to this, and I was like, okay, well, I'm only yeah. here to sell, t- like, help sell my friend sell T-shirts, you know, because he's a good friend of mine. And I said to myself, okay. I'm listening to this planning out of shit, you know, and I think, okay, not bad. And in my head, okay. Yeah. And then it got to the comeback and it got to the heat and I go, and I, I don't remember if I piped up or not, but I was like, really? That's the heat. Cause there's Ooh. some people I'm just like, that's not going to, it's like, boo, you fucker. Boo. I was like, that's not my in a best, good way my either. My best match was a bitch. My match with Matt Starr at the ballpark. He, uh, <laughs> we called a little bit of shine in the beginning, and then after that, he was like, "We'll have fun." <laughs> I was like, "All right," <laughs> and we did, man. We fucking did. And my first match, we called, we called the finish, and then the rest of the match, he's like, he said the same thing. He was like, "We'll have fun." He was like, we'll just figure it out. And that's that's how I learned is old school Memphis walk and talk. That's the best kind though, and I, I love people when they say, Well, I think you know what how would you plan this? How would you plan that? Look, people, it's wrestling. You don't you're not gonna learn everything in one full setting. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty part of this. Mm-hmm. You gotta yeah. take it with a grain it of takes- salt and Yep. <laughs> just like um, when I listen to guys like uh, <clears throat> not just from Dark Side of the Ring, but also like Hellman Jr. talk, or not just him, but anybody for that matter, um, I can gauge whether I like you or whether I dislike you. And lucky for yeah. some people, it's like yeah. I like you because you're personable and you. You have a certain kind of confidence in professional wrestling, and um, there there are questions like, why do you get these guests? I'm like, well, dude, if I just talk by myself, then that means the show is about me, and that's not what I'm about. Right. Um, yeah. I always grab people that catch my attention, like, okay, this guy has a look. Okay, that guy has a look. You know, and not just oh, yeah. guys, but it's like, hey, well, she has a look, she has a look. Not only looks, but also, okay, what can they do in ring? What can they do outside of the ring? Are they, you know, nice people? And I got to ask the question, why did you choose Luke as a guest? Well, dude, look, one of the two of your pictures, no, not just pictures. Again, it's not looks. It's about what this dude can do in the ring, how he carries himself, 
Like, honestly, yo, like, if he gets more exposure, I guarantee you a promoter's going to come across him and be like, all right. And not just, all right, but let's see what you can do. And that's right. why I told you, joking, yeah, jokingly, I said, you know, some of the people that get off the show end up in a great place. Like, look here, you know, and it's not me that has anything to do with it. No, it's their own talent mm-hmm. that carries them there. Like Mike Seidel yeah. or Brian Pillman Jr. is already because of the name and because he's already got natural born talent. Travis Wood Gordon, another one. Like these guys are all very talented and they bring something to the table that a promoter will be like, okay, this makes him unique. That makes her unique. Not just unique, but yeah. enough to fall in the line and be like, I'm going to follow orders and I'm going to do it. I'm told because it's a job. So if you're asking the question why I chose Luke, it's because I thought, well, you know, this guy's got a catchy name. And not just catchy name, but I've seen not the spear in the ring that caught my attention, but like some of his matches on YouTube are very, like it tells a story. And so I'm told a story, and then I'm like, okay, I want this guy as a, or a person of a guest on my show. So I hope yeah. that answers your question, Mar- Marla. Is that it? Marla, where are you from? Oh, okay. You're from Bentonville, Arkansas. Nice. Well, I can. <laughs> Let's see here. 25? 26? What are you showing me cue cards for, you fucker? Jesus Christ. Do I need to, like... No. This is not... <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. NBC. Very funny, Vinny, dude. Hilarious, dude. <laughs> Out of here. Oh, my goodness. Um. So, anyhow. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Vacation wise, like where do you like? Where's your favorite vacation spot ever? Mm, it's in between Gulf Shores or Northport, Florida. Ooh, yeah, in between those two. Got <laughs> a lot of people uh, messaging me now. They're like. Just you from the East Coast, you should tell him to get his happy ass out here. And I was like, ah, ladies, there's only one. You know, we have one. <laughs> okay. So that's, this is from Kayla. And she said, wow, you know, he's. Oh, you saw the picture in the suit, didn't you? Didn't you, Kayla? Mm hmm. Um, this girl is funny. Um, she, she worked. No, she. <laughs> She's like, we'll show him a good time. We'll take him to like show him the Brooklyn way, and I'm like, yeah, we show him the oh, way God. not to go to certain places at, uh, yeah. <laughs> at night. Are you talking about night, Kate? My, She's like, oh no, we're gonna show him all the hot spots, you know? Huh? I said my cowboy boot wearing ass up in damn New York. That'd be a sight to see. There is a cowboy who wears underwear and plays guitar, and he's been there since 1995 in Times Square. Damn. <laughs> he, I, he's okay. So in 2020, in the interview, huh? I said, damn. They, they, yeah, they. There's a picture. I don't know if you've heard of him. 
but he no. in cowboy boots and his underwear and bare chest plays guitar and people tours take pictures with him and I don't know if he like I don't know if he has a donation box still but like there's a lot of interesting characters out here okay there's a lot of people yeah. that will perform and you see him on Facebook and it's you see him on Twitter and they're like one of the questions I get asked is don't you guys know they're good singers, there's good performers, and like, dude, every day it's American Idol out here. Every day it's America's Got Talent out here. And these performers like it because they get paid. And they get paid just like a pro wrestler. So uh, the only thing is they have to pay a um, a booking fee, if you will, to back to the city of New York. So whatever they earn, their earnings go there. Damn, that sucks. Well, not all their earnings. They get, it's like a fifty-fifty thing. You get to keep some earnings as long as you pay us a um, city fee, like city rent, because you're paying for a space to perform, uh-huh. like in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Like there's a guy that performs, and uh, I don't know if he moves his like performs. They have like an application. He plays guitar and he sings very well. And uh, one of the beautiful things about this guy is he said. You know, sometimes you just got to give somebody hope just by singing or just by making them feel better. And I was like, that's the same concept yeah. as professional wrestling. Like, sometimes you just got to do a certain something in the ring for a little kid because they want to see it. <clears throat> and then you got yeah. to understand, like, in New York, like, it doesn't matter what you – you could be wearing a whole different – wardrobe for all you know and nobody would fucking care like if you just in cowboy boots man and a flannel shirt and blue jeans and the cowboy hat and the whole night we wouldn't care as long as you're not a jackass as long as you're right. like cool with us if you go through manhattan though you might have to because manhattan's a blend of people that don't really live there not from some people are some people aren't but if you go through mm-hmm. the boroughs and you walk through, like, okay, the one place that might not fly <laughs> depends on where you go because we have a lot of – there's country New York, too. There's Schenectady. There's, um, there's Richmond. You know, it's, there's country fo- uh, folk out here, believe it or not. There's Ithaca. There's – I'll believe it. Several places. Yeah, there's a lot of places um, that wouldn't care if you – we're in flip-flops and we're a beach bum, you know? We, yeah. like, honestly, we don't give two flying fucks as long as you're not the biggest jackass in the whole wide world. We're like, oh, yeah, I own the joint, whatever. Like, please don't. We have enough them people coming through here in New York to think they're big stars in wrestling, and we, like we knock them down a peg. Well, yeah, there are certain guys that have come through New York thinking – well, I'm going to impress the East Coast crowd. And it's like, no, dude, I wouldn't, I would not drag Coast into mm. this discussion, you know, because one guy outside was discussing this, you know, and I go, look, we're just fans that just like everywhere else, except for the only differences. Some of us think they know everything, okay? And then there are those of us that actually just want to watch a show and shut the fuck up, sit down and eat our nachos and popcorn or hot dog whatever and just enjoy the fucking show but like when you said i don't think my cowboy wearing you know boot wearing stuff and i was like dude you could new york we get that impression a lot 
Like they're oh they're very judgmental. Oh, you know they they feel a certain way about us because of the reputation that's been given to us by movies and by um how do I put this? By some people who peg us to be a certain stereotype and I hate that because you know mm. some people are like oh southern people they're real southern gentlemen everywhere's got their assholes man everywhere's got their oh, yeah. pieces of shit oh yeah you know what I mean everyone's got their fair share of nice people and I always tell people in professional wrestling you meet a lot of cool people and you also meet a lot of people who are dick bags and I've I've mm-hmm. been on you have You've been very fortunate, dude, to come across the good side of wrestling. I, on the other hand, have had a love-hate relationship with it. And I say mm. that nicely because, yes, because, <laughs> because they say, well, love-hate, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going to delve into detail, and I'll probably message you about it, you know. But yeah. there there are two sides to every story. There's two sides to pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. uh, Long story short, yeah. like, like there are people that are in it for themselves. There are people that are in it for the long haul, and they really are sincere. And right. and I believe, dude, like out of the talking to you, you like you're very excited, you're very genuine, you want to stay on the show. Great. I didn't, and I like that about you because, and I'm just gonna say this on on the level. Some guys who want to skip out, that's fine. I understand it. They're very polite, and I'm not going to be on this again. But just very briefly, if you would like to, if you'd like to in the near future be on my show, please understand that if you have to go to the weight room and pump iron and take dick pics in the fucking locker room, go the fuck ahead. <laughs> because I find it very amusing that you are such in a hurry to do something you do every day. Okay, and all I ask is about a half hour, 45 minutes, or an hour. You can stay on however long you want. Um, and that being said, in pro wrestling, I meet a lot of good people. I mean, a lot of people that are, um, like I said, in it for themselves. And I don't like professionally saying this, but it's like, man, <laughs> if you really want to make a good impression, I may not be the uh, best podcast. I'm close to 7,000 listens, damn it. But uh, all wow. time, and I've had some, and I've had some big names on this show, like Minnie Bailey, Minnie Sasha, Danny Cage, Brian Pillman Jr., Travis Swift Gordon, Big Bang Ronnie Nicole, Philip Stamper, just to name a few big. Like that's a big name right there too. And it's just like I like Luke because he's. You seem like the type of guy that's hungry, is willing to learn. Um, you're adaptable. And it's not that I barely know you do, but I like you a lot already. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> and it's just like, um, and I just want to point this out. He had a choice whether he would dip out or stay, you know, stay on. And that's a rarity for me to have um, someone to stay the duration of two hours because that's a very long time. And I'm sure his foot's falling asleep. And I'm like, dude, can this fucker hurry up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but, um, no, like, honestly, man, back to your whole thing about my cowboy wearing stuff in New York, 
We don't care yeah. what you wear. It's the attitude that you wear when you come to it. It doesn't matter which borough. We will accept whomever comes to our doors or, like, okay. or comes to our city because, like, uh, just a heads up, man, if you ever want to come and visit, you're more than welcome to. Like, um, a cheap oh, yeah. airport, I mean, like, cheap and, well, it may be kind of a blah, you know, but when things get back to normal, in Queens is where two airports reside, JFK and LaGuardia. LaGuardia, if you're ever traveling to an East Coast spot for wrestling, LaGuardia is cheaper than JFK. JFK okay. is like the, like, just, a, you know, it's a very, not hoity-toy airport, but it's the airport that you will go through. It depends on where it's close to, but they're both in Queens. And anyhow, also cheap transit mode, dude, is the subway and the bus. They're like, I'll just take Uber. I'm like, no, because Uber in New York, it's not. It's not that I would suggest it. If you can afford it, great. Um, but I, I mainly get around by train and and bus, and I sometimes, I, yeah, I occasionally drive to get groceries. But if you try driving in our city around three, four, five, six, seven o'clock, yeah, that's not a good time in New York to be driving. I probably wouldn't try it at any time. I barely drive downtown Nashville. I couldn't imagine fucking New York traffic. My aunt tried to drive me one time because I was really sick and uh, tried driving around the city. So like, I just please get out and take a train. And she's like, no, we're only like <laughs> five minutes from the hospital. That turned into like a 21-minute drive. I'm like, are you serious? Wow. Like the, like the, the traffic there is like you stop go, stop, go. I was able to eat my whole dinner one time when I was sitting in the car, just going to a show on the way to the garden because my roommate wanted to drive to the garden because he has parking pass, you know, in the parking garage, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but the thing, like, the funny thing is, like, when we were seeing a concert one time, and I said, let's just take the queue, man. And he's like, well, that's old school. I don't go, I was like, you know, I was like, are you afraid of the subway? What's your deal? <laughs> The subway's not that bad. If you just okay, I get it. You have to wear a mask now, and you have to wait um, with everybody else coming from work or going places. But like, it's I still that hear that you're gonna laugh your ass off at me. I still hear in my sleep sometimes. Please stand clear of the closing doors, please. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm being dead serious. Because you go enough on the train, and then like. <laughs> Uh, one time, uh-huh. like on the way to work, because I work at the subways, I work at MTA, so like, they put me in Grand Central Station, and I was like, mm. okay, mm. this is interesting, <laughs> this is very, very mm. interesting, it's a very large place, and they had no people here, like, because of the pandemic, and then there was like, 100 people, 200 people, I'm like, well, okay, cool, so, long story short, I think it'd be cool if you came out east, dude. Like, we wouldn't, like I said, we don't care as long as you're not a snob, as long yeah. as you don't turn your nose at certain things. Like, just be open. Like, New York, we have enough characters. It's like wrestling show here. We have enough characters to build our own show. It's funny. I believe it. <laughs> we have the guy. Have you been to downtown? On the bus. 
Um, actually, yes. Uh, one time. Have you? Mm-hmm. I've been to, let's see, the Parthenon. I went to, we went to Little Tidbits because a friend of mine, Kurt Gannon, and I went to Nashville and we, how do I put this? Went for a promotion where it was, uh, it was Jeff Jarrett was there and uh, Terry Reynolds was there. Yeah. I forget the, I forget the name of the promotion, but I know that the guy who, God, he was Brodus Clay in WWE. I forget his name now. But uh, my friend wrestled him and actually German him, German suplexed him over then. That's a big old dude. Egg, yeah, that's a big old dude. I think that, uh, yeah, Tommy Dreamer was there. Uh, before mm-hmm. he was in WWE, Robbie E was there. Um, God. I forget the name of the promotion now, damn it. But I know that, um, there were some big names in that in that show, and there's a lot of people. It was on the fairgrounds in Nashville. Mm. Wow. Because we stayed at a Motel Six, and I remember, like, I remember driving through downtown Nashville. I was like, "Holy shit, this place is popping!" At night, like, you have to literally wait outside the clubs just to get in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like compared to uh, Atlanta and everywhere else where the clubs are popping. I'm like, man, Nashville knows what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, Nashville gets crazy. It gets crazy. So, yeah, I, for starters, you know, I – I liked visiting that place, you know. It, it's been, wow, almost three, almost two or three years since I've been to Nashville. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> been, I've been to Memphis once or twice, and it was okay. It was okay? Yeah, it was It was all right. I mean, went to Jerry's restaurant, uh, his barbecue restaurant, the smaller one, not the big old one, but we went to the smaller one. It's funny because my friend's like, well, he normally frequents the the bigger size restaurant. And I was like, and I don't know his schedule. Out he goes into the restroom, and then in comes Jerry, and I'm like, holy shit! I should have taken a picture with him if I would have been in series. And it's just like, you know, it is what it is. So um, I just was like, I was laughing at my friend. I go, yeah, goes to the bigger restaurants, does he? He just showed up at this one. And he actually complimented my NXT hat. Oh, I was just shit. Like, okay. Yeah, that was cool. I was like, he goes, NXT, that's a very good hat. And then that was all that was said. But, like, yeah. um, as far as me going to different places, dude, I before the pandemic came, I was traveling a lot. And I went to Chicago. I went to New Orleans. I went to anywhere's basically like, okay, so I went to Houston with a friend of mine to the Royal Rumble. And that was, like, so much fun. And Jan, like, uh, went to Pinkerton's Barbecue. We went to the Minute Maid Park. Um, went to the Toyota Center. There's a lot of places that I I would like to go back to. And like I said, like, your your favorite place is the Gulf Shore in Northport, Florida. That's because yeah. it's good on the beach, man. And you get to relax. And I guess... Um, some people are asking, like, what if if you invited Luke anywhere for 
I'm sure that's kind of an odd question, really. What, what, where is this question coming from? If you had invite Luke to dinner, where would you take him? Um, well, if I had any place to take Luke, I'd probably take him to L and B, which is a really cool Italian restaurant in Brooklyn. It's a been on Food Network. It's a very very good place to eat, a very good place to take a you know, a date, you know. And um Okay, where else would I take him? Uh you want me to go through the entire list of Brooklyn here? I'm I sure you do. Yeah, he's asking, this dude's asking, so would you take him? I said, dude, I would take him to Coney Island. I would take him to Gyro World in Queens, which is like a world mm-hmm. famous. You can have like this big-ass gyro, and uh, yeah. um, if you have like friends eat it in 20 minutes and you get your meal free, it's a thing with, it's, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, I, I, I know the tourist places in New York. I'm serious. I know. I know my city, damn it. I should. I can fuck okay, up yeah. some food. That's for sure. I know because <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, so Luigi's is another place, and uh, where else? Um, really, dude, I'm not taking him out on a date. No. That's really, really odd question. I knew that was going to be asked. I don't know why. Hey, that's these flattering. It's like on a mandate, sure, but not on like a date date. No, dude. Yeah, dude, you can take me on a date, dude. Anytime. <laughs> and uh, he, <laughs> this dude's like, he just messaged me. He's like, well, you just admitted on another show that you were gay, and I was like, dude, no, like, you don't, are you fucking for real? That's rude. <laughs> that's so rude. He's like. Well, you said you're like, no, dude, this is some fantasy. Like, I, look, I understand, and I'm going to accept your questions. But it was getting a little weird when you said, would you take him on a date? I was like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, I seriously? <sighs> He's a guest on my show, and you're asking me if I'm going to take him out on a on a date date. Like, no, I don't think he, he just said I respect people, and I, you know, whatever they do behind closed doors, if he was listening, right? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but the questions and personal, you can message me on Wrestle underscore radio, and I will do my best to answer your questions. But please don't ever ask a, a guest of that kind of personal question. <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry. No, dude, it's fun. It is perfect fun. Uh, he just asked me, like, so if you would have taken him out here, if you would have taken him out there, I'm sure he wouldn't mind dinner, but after that, I'm sure you just want to relax and not have, you know, what this guy's mentioning now. Okay, well, this just got awkward. Um, Sorry, I had to take a moment. Anyways, back to the show. Back to this craziness. Um, So... He jokingly said, like, he's like, oh, he said he'd be willing to. I'm like, he was joking, dude. <laughs> he was... Oh, goodness. He was saying, like, I'm uh, down to go eat. I'll read the rest. Yeah, see? He's down to go eat, but um, outside of that, I, I'm pretty sure. 
Like this guy was asking, was like, would you guys ever meet up with each other? Yeah, sure. We can meet up and have a a fun time, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, but this is hilarious. I'm I'm gonna say this nicely. If you have any lewd questions, please keep them to yourselves. Like this is not the show where we. This is not a uh, sex hotline. This is not a sex show. This is a wrestling podcast. And so please keep all the lewd, like inappropriate questions to yourself. Because I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm being serious. This guy's asking us, "What would you two do with each other?" Uh, see each other, shake hands, uh, shoot pool, drink beer, watch wrestling. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the extent of what we would be meeting about. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, like, there's that. So, um, yes, folks, we're going to have fun. And we're going to have fun the correct way. So, like, I got to point this out. Like, if you want... To message me with questions. If you want to message me with questions, cool. But uh, this is just a disclaimer. If it's anything inappropriate in sexual nature, I'm not going to read it out loud on the air. Okay. <laughs> uh, just, just a fair fucking warning. Okay. Just throwing that out there. If you have any questions regarding wrestling, <clears throat> wrestling or, or. You know, sports. I can talk sports. Like, what a bossy fucking tech code this is. I got messages like, did he seriously send that question, bro? And so I sent the screenshot just now, and and then he's like, oh, shit. And I go, uh-huh. I was like, I'm not even going to accept messages from this person no more. That's really sad, yo. And he's from <laughs> my borough. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Yeah. So yeah, the the question is not going to be read on air. And also, let me finish this by saying, like, um, dude, this was an amazing time. We do have like a few seconds left, and I'm sure you had a good time, didn't you? Oh hell yeah, man! This was fucking awesome. This was, like I said, my first interview, so it's been it's been a fucking pleasure for sure. So this definitely broke the ice. Yeah, and um, I'll definitely have you on again pretty fairly. Like, I wouldn't say fairly soon, but, like, um, in the near future, along with another guest or two, maybe. And three, let's see, is there any, like, social media that your fans can reach you from, like, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter? Oh, yeah, I've got – Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Facebook is just Luke Cage, and then Instagram is Luke underscore Cage underscore 615. Awesome. And what about, okay, do you have any, like, a Twitter account or no? No, I did have a Twitter account, but I got it. Uh, I deleted it. I deleted Twitter. So. I don't blame you. I mean, Twitter's okay if you want to promote certain things. It's kind of hard to grasp the concept, though. But I just, like, I don't know. Just, I just got tired of seeing politics. Um, after a certain point, I was just tired of seeing politics all the time. So I deleted Twitter. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Well, dude, um, I'll hit you up on Messenger after this if that's cool. Hell yeah, man. Sounds good. All right. Well, all right, folks. 
that was Luke Cage joining us on Special Radio Network. We thank you, sir, for joining us on this crazy Monday or crazy Tuesday. Man, it was, it still feels it was like a, a pleasure. Monday. I'm telling you. It was fucking awesome. Oh, thank you. A lot of fun. Yes. You can promote and share this show and download it free on iTunes, folks, at Special Radio Network on a Monday. It feels like a Tuesday. All right. So. Let's see here. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Two little bitches, I got to go to sleep and get some rest for my beauty sleep, all right? Two. And listen to this show, because you know you want to. Dig it. Transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.